I'm Christine Olea, and I am an involved and optimistic woman in civil engineering at San Francisco Public Works. My job here at Public Works is Better Market Street project manager. Um, I've worked for the department for 10 years. I transferred over from MTA in 2012. I transferred over to help implement um, streetscape projects that were funded through the roadway repaving and street safety bond. So we had a, a group of projects that we were implementing throughout the city that were multimodal, multidisciplinary to improve safety and mobility throughout the city. And we tried to divide it up by supervisorial districts or have improvements in every district. Um, from there, I went to be section manager for streets and highways, which is our roadway design section. And as a senior engineer, I oversaw roadway design and I reviewed all of our curb ramp and roadway projects. I like projects that are complicated and messy and trying to improve San Francisco for people walking and biking and taking transit and driving. You know, just trying to get around the city can be really hard. I picked civil engineering because of my fifth grade teacher. I still remember it was open house. We were in the cafeteria and he asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I told him I liked math and I liked science. And he asked if I'd ever heard of civil engineering. And I had, but I didn't really know what it was. So I asked him and he's like, buildings, bridges, and roads. Like you build cities. And that just sounded so exciting to me. So I filed it away. And in high school, I did a summer engineering seminar at Santa Clara University. And they introduced you to all the engineering disciplines, electrical, mechanical, computer, civil, and I just knew like civil engineering was what I really enjoyed, what I was interested in. I wanted to live and work in the city, you know, building and designing and, and constructing. And I really like that civil engineering, like the, the end product is something very tangible. It is a building, it's a bridge, it's a road. And I liked being able to live and work in San Francisco using what I had learned in school and applying it to our everyday life. When I was in college, actually, I, I went back and got in contact with him. And I told my fifth grade teacher that I had that I was studying civil engineering. And, you know, it was because of his planting the seed in fifth grade. And then I think I've talked to him once or twice in my career. Um, he's still a teacher in Sacramento. I think he was happy and excited. I mean, I hope you realized how important just a few words mean to, you know, to, when you're a child and a teacher tells you, like, I see something in you and I think you can do great things. It's really meaningful. So if I wasn't a civil engineer, I wanted to work for the United Nations. So very far from civil engineering. I, I'm bilingual. I speak English and Spanish. And then in college, I studied French and Italian. And I've also studied Russian because I wanted to learn a new alphabet. And so I always thought, you know, I could study international relations or poli-sci and then work for the UN and, and live in New York. It's not a regret that I didn't do that. It was just, you know, my other career path that I would have I think enjoyed. And, you know, it, I think there are a lot of similarities with civil engineering and in solving problems, negotiating, 
working with people, working with your community. So it's, it's not like totally different, but it would have been a very different career path. The work that I do is important because it's real life. You know, there are close to 30 people who die on our streets every year in traffic collisions. There are children crossing the street. There are elderly people, you know, trying to get to their doctor's appointments or just trying to get home. And we live in a big city with a lot of people, a lot of cars, a lot of buses, bikes. That's what I love about San Francisco is that we're so dynamic. There's always something going on. And people need to be able to do that safely. And people need to feel comfortable walking down the street or riding a bike. I have two young daughters that are 11 and six. I want them to feel safe when they're riding a bike. Um, I want them and their friends to feel safe when they're skateboarding, you know, anything like you just, you need to be able to feel safe and comfortable on our streets. And so our work is important because it, it makes our city better. There aren't a lot of women in higher levels of um, engineering. I'm often asked to be on interview panels <laughs> because I check a lot of boxes. I'm a senior engineer, project manager, female, and Hispanic. And I, I participate in the panels because we need a diverse workforce. So that's important to me. So it's hard to find people that are in a similar situation with you know two young kids and balancing work and, and home life. But there are a lot of people that I look up to in my career and just in my life. I, I do really look up to Carmen Chu and sort of, you know, her experience in local government and specifically here in San Francisco. I look up to Carla as our interim director. She's someone who I've always looked up to and enjoy talking to and learning from. Um, I think there's a lot of people that you can learn from their experience and their career paths. Being one of, of a, a few women in engineering is something I'm kind of used to, right? When I was in college, we had a pretty small civil engineering class. There were only like 40 of us. But out of the 40, there were six women. And my first job out of college, I was working on a construction site in South San Francisco. We were building two hotels and I was the project engineer. And there was a time when I was the only woman on the job site. There were probably hundreds of people working. So it's something you get used to. You know, sometimes it, it stands out in a meeting if I'm the only woman, but, you know, there are more and more women joining or entering into the engineering fields. I have, that's something I like about working for the city. I started as an intern and at the intern level, we do have a pretty diverse group of, you know, men and women and different backgrounds and different ethnicities. So I think it's, it's key to start sort of a at the intern level and make sure that we're recruiting people of all backgrounds and different identities. But day to day, I mean, it's still visible. It's just something you get used to. Other than my first job out of college, which I was at for a year, I've always worked for the city. And I like, I kind of like the civil service process. Um, it is pretty fair and, it can be long, you know, long to get hired, but maybe it's just that I'm used to it now, having been here for 23 years. 
So I'm still trying to figure out the barriers to leadership and how to get over the walls. I have young kids. And so I think any parent, you know, whether it's a mom or a dad, faces barriers to leadership because of school. You know, school starts at 8 a.m., ends at 3 our work day is like eight to five. <laughs> like the school and work hours do not line up. And maybe there's aftercare, maybe there's a, an after school program, but there's just a lot of juggling. And, you know, so at this stage in my life, and I think for other parents with young kids, it, you know, that's a barrier right there. Like you're so focused on your family, it's hard to also have that much energy and enthusiasm for your career. I think women often face, you know, even more pressure to be involved at school, to be driving their kids to soccer and gymnastics or whatever they are, whatever their kids are interested in. So, but again, it's like, that's a barrier for parents of young children to take on leadership roles. I think some of it is, you know, how much of your life, the work-life balance, you know, how much of your life do you want to dedicate to your career? And in order to be a leader, it takes a lot of time and effort and energy and a focus on your, you know, career, whatever, whatever it is. I think my leadership style is collaborative. It's also nurturing. I like to give people resources to solve a problem themselves and to provide or to have an open door policy so that if anyone has questions that they can come in and talk to me. I really enjoyed being section manager because in that role, you are very much reviewing people's designs, providing guidance and providing comments from your review. And so it's important to say things clearly and to lay out clear guidelines, but to also provide or allow people to solve problems in their own way. I like to sort of help or provide a vision of what I expect kind of the final outcome to be, but let people figure out the path to get there. No one likes to be micromanaged. No one likes to be told how to do things. Um, so I want people to feel that they have freedom to be creative and to find their own solution, but to know that they have support and there's resources there if they have questions or, or get stuck at any point along the way. I think it's important to build bridges with people and to be able to you know, ask people for help and also that people know that they can ask you for help. It's like this very collaborative leadership style where we're working together to solve problems and it's very like focused on the technical issues. And in that case, it's, you know, how well you can solve a problem, how well you can analyze a situation. And I, I do think those things are somewhat neutral or it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or, you know, what ethnicity you are. It's like you're focused on the problem that you're trying to solve and to come up with different solutions. And it helps to have a diverse group of people trying to solve that problem that problem. I've seen people come in with a really hard hand and try to force others to follow their vision and it never quite works. You know, people want to be involved in the solution. We all want to be involved in the solution and, and everyone's experience and background 
can really help improve a process or improve the outcome. I often feel like I'm the conductor, but I have this amazing symphony and there's beautiful music that we can play together. And it's just sort of keeping the, the, the beat for people and, you know, showing them how beautiful the music can sound and playing that role of, you know, like the conductor's not playing an instrument at all. They're not, you know, that's not their role, but they're there and they're leading it. And the symphony could probably play without the conductor, but the conductor's like helping them stay on, on time and, you know, when to start, when to stop, calling each section in. It's really beautiful. I think the most challenging thing about being a leader is the pressure to be perfect, but the reality that you're human. So we all look up to our leaders, right? And we can see that like when you look at a national scale. And then so many of our leaders fail us because we hold them to such a high standard and we expect them to be perfect, but we're all human. And so I think there's, there's pressure to seem like you've got it all together and you know all the answers. And in reality, we don't. Like no one person has all of the answers and no one person has experienced all the things that you're going to get faced with in a day. <laughs> so I think the, the biggest challenge to being a leader is keeping it real. Like we're doing the best we can. We have limited resources. We have a great team. Everyone really is working hard to make a difference. So like we need a little bit of patience and a little bit of understanding. Something that I would tell a junior engineer just starting their career at Public Works or an intern that's here for the summer is to work on a variety of projects, get a lot of experience, don't get stuck doing something for a long period of time. Even if you're having fun, it's good to get a lot of experience. And you also just get exposed to different types of projects, different people, different parts of the city. Get as much experience as you can, because as you go, as you move up the ladder and as you become a leader, having that experience and that knowledge helps you tremendously. Thanks for listening to Snapshots, a Public Works podcast. 